Hey everybody, it's Lon Seidman. It's time once again for your weekly wrap up. And if you recall a couple of years ago, the Trump administration rolled back net neutrality regulations that the Obama administration before them had put in place. There was a big debate about it. They accepted a lot of public comments on the pros and cons of that potential move. And as it turns out, most of the comments that came into the FCC, both for and against, were fake. And we're going to dive into this and see exactly what went on and also expose just how corrupt the internet advertising business really is. Let's get to it. Now, it's long been suspected that the ISPs were up to some funny business in regards to the comments that they were submitting. But a report recently by the New York Attorney General's office reveals that most of the comments submitted, 18 million out of 22 million, were completely fabricated. And this is something that both sides of the debate apparently participated in. Uh, they point to one example of a 19-year-old who submitted 7.7 million pro-net neutrality comments, but this person did so with fake and randomly generated names. The big issue and why the ISPs are getting the headlines in this story is because they apparently used real people's names and private information without their consent and there were third-party firms that the industry had hired to get these names collected that apparently committed fraud in doing so. So the big question here is, did the ISPs commit fraud? And we'll dive into that question as we look through the Attorney General's report that you can download on screen right here. Now, the report indicates that there was some early suspicions of funny business, as I mentioned, partly because reporters and researchers started contacting people whose names appeared on the FCC's website submitting comments on the net neutrality uh, issue that was before them. Uh, if you submit something to the FCC or many other government entities, that public comment is a public record, and the FCC required people to supply their mailing address when they made those electronic comments. And a lot of people, when contacted by reporters and researchers, found that their names and addresses were up on this government website along with a narrative that they did not recall writing. Uh, they also indicated that some people who signed these comments were actually dead uh, long before the comment was actually signed. Uh, there's also some information on the uh, report here that this was done through a campaign that the Broadband for America nonprofit was conducting to get these comments submitted. Uh, this is their website. It is still up right now, and they advocate uh, for things that favor the ISPs. They do say that they fully support net neutrality, but they also support repealing the regulation, right? Uh, you can see here also some of the members of that organization according to the BFA website. Now, the New York AG's investigation revealed that the BFA hired a lobbying firm for $4.2 million to conduct this online advocacy campaign. So they paid the lobbying firm and said, go figure it out. The lobbying firm then hired three different internet marketing companies to actually do the work. So there's a lot of layers of separation here between the BFA and what actually happened on the ground. And we'll get to why that's important in a few minutes here. Now, the first leg of this campaign was conducted by a company called Fluent. And Fluent runs what's called co-registration campaigns. And if you've ever seen websites or ads like these on screen here, uh, this is what Fluent typically does. Basically, you go onto a website, you submit some information in the hopes that you might be able to get some free stuff. And they take you through having to click on ads and recruit your friends to stuff. It's a business practice that I'm not crazy about, but it's out there and people often get 
their Visa gift card after they do $25 worth of work to get there. Now, what Fluent had proposed to the, to the BFA was doing something like this, where there would be some co-registration sites set up uh, with some aligned uh, nonprofits basically saying to people, hey, speak up, tell the FCC to keep their hands off the internet, fill out the form, and we'll get it to the FCC on your behalf. And there's nothing illegal about this, because if you look on the form here, you got the email address, all your personal information that you're putting in. There's also a comment that's being submitted, and there's some language to say that if you sign this letter, you're agreeing to uh, having the Taxpayers Protection Alliance submit this information on your behalf. And this would be fine if this was how they did it. In fact, there's a lot of organizations, both pro and con, that did just exactly what's happening here. They collected a bunch of comments and they submitted it to the FCC on behalf of those people. The problem is that Fluent never actually ran this campaign. And according to the New York AG, what Fluent instead did was take information from their prior campaigns and submitted it uh, to the lobbying firm as people who had participated in this one, but no one had ever actually signed any of these forms. And they have some communications from inside of Fluent where a manager was asking a, an employee to put up a fake uh, site here so that when they get on the call with a client, it looks like they're actually doing the work that they were uh, contracted to do. So that is the first leg of the campaign. The second leg of the campaign was equally fraudulent and has many more layers. Take a look at this flow chart that they put together. Uh, so again, the BFA hired the lobbying firm, the lobbying firm hired an intermediary, and then that intermediary went off and hired other intermediaries who in turn hired other people. And apparently one of the people hired by the second intermediary was fluent from the first campaign, along with a few other companies here like uh, Opt Intelligence and React to Media. But the result here was pretty much the same. These companies run these co-registration websites and they had people submitting their email addresses and personal information for things other than net neutrality, yet those names were sent over to the FCC as people who were commenting on this net neutrality issue. And they found that few, if any of these individuals had consented to the submission on their behalf and apparently the attorney general in New York painstakingly traced these comments through, chain of co through the chain of co-registration companies back to their sources. And they identified five companies that were responsible for nearly uh, 1.99 million of 2.07 million comments. Now, even though these companies were hired under the same campaign, they were all working independently. And the AG's report here noted that their methods were all very similar, even though they were not uh, communicating with each other. And this says a lot about the co-registration business, doesn't it? Now, there was also a third leg here, which were internet banner ads. And this was another firm that was hired to do that. Uh, there was an advertising company that put together mock-ups of an ad that would run on web pages, presumably through uh, various ad networks. And what would happen here is that the person could actually fill out their comment within the ad unit itself without ever having to leave the website they, that they were on, and it would submit that to the FCC on that person's behalf. Now, there's nothing illegal about doing this. If you wanted to have an online petition, you are, of course, allowed to do that and solicit signatures. You're also allowed to spend money to advertise that petition. It's your right as an American citizen to spend money to communicate. But the company didn't actually do anything that they proposed. In fact, according to the AG here, uh, what they did do was just grab 
a bunch of data that was in a data breach that was dumped online in 2016 and used those names and addresses for the people that they had signed comments to the FCC. And then there was another 100,000 that they grabbed from another FCC regulatory proceeding that was completely unrelated to the net neutrality one. The report goes on to say how the companies tried to make these submissions look different so they would avoid press scrutiny. Uh, so you can see here there was a lot going on on all three legs of this campaign. And my biggest question was, how is this not fraud? And I guess it's complicated, like everything else is with the law, right? Because if people were signing up for these co-registration sites, uh, they probably agreed to have their information used for anything else that the company was doing in the fine print of whatever terms of service that they signed at the time. Now, it looks like in this case, the ISPs are off the hook, at least with the attorney general in New York, uh, because the office could not find any evidence that the BFA, the industry, or its lobbying firm had any direct knowledge of the fraud that was going on within the campaign. But they do note that there were so many red flags raised here that perhaps they should have taken more action with the vendors that they hired to conduct the campaign. But it looks as though the penalties that were issued as a result of this investigation only went to the vendors that were named in the report and not to the ISPs or the lobbying firm that they hired. Now, in reading this report, it became clear to me that government agencies need to do better at preventing automated entries of comments uh, clearly, nobody spent hours or months typing in 20 million comments on a keyboard. They came in from an automated bot. And I think that's where the government needs to do a better job in making sure that people submitting comments are actually people and not some script running in a data center somewhere. Now, the buried lead in all of this is that there were actually more fake comments submitted in favor of keeping net neutrality than what the industry coughed up with their $4.2 million campaign. 9.3 million fake comments, according to the New York AG, were submitted with fictitious identities. And the reason why this isn't being made more of a big deal is that those identities were just fake. They were not ever attached to anyone real, no real addresses. They were basically put together with a script and submitted uh, through the FCC system. And one college student uh, was responsible for 7.7 .7 million of those. But there was another group that submitted 1.6 million additional comments. And the AG's office was unable to figure out the source of those comments. So they don't know if it's an organized effort or just some kid in a dorm room somewhere. But no matter what here, the reality is a lot of people who did submit legitimate comments to the FCC, both in favor and opposed to rolling back net neutrality, were diluted out by all of this fake and fraudulent stuff that was out there. And I think we as citizens deserve better because a lot of people spent some time submitting really thoughtful comments that got lost in a whole bunch of nonsense. And my hope is that this is a wake-up call for everyone to do better. Now, if you're curious about whether or not you appear in these filings, uh, they did set up a web page on the New York Attorney General's site where you can type in your name and be taken to the FCC's filings for that particular action to see if your name is popping up. 
I did a search for some family members. I did find a cousin who did submit something to the FCC. She did it, though, through a third party that submitted it on her behalf automatically. Um, but that was a legit one. But I'm sure there's many illegitimate ones. And if you're curious, have a look at the site, and you can see whether or not you pop up. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Have to get 30, 30, bet you get 30, bet you get 20, 20, 20, bet you get 20, 20, bet you get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Now, this week's wrap-up is being brought to you by all of you. We didn't have any new supporters this week, but we did have two Super Chatters that I wanted to thank. Netlux TV and Chris Allegretta both contributed during one of my live streams. I want to thank them both, along with everyone who's been contributing on an ongoing basis and all of you who watch on a regular basis, too, because all of those things equal channel growth, as we say every week. And if you want to support the channel, you can. You can go to lon.tv support and make a monthly or a one-time contribution to the channel via our donor box page. I also support Patreon, the YouTube membership program, and Floatplane. We've got a bunch of other places you can find me, including my podcast, which is an audio version of this show. And then we've got my Amazon page there at the bottom where you can follow me. We're doing a lot of content on Amazon these days. Most of it is from this channel, but sometimes we do exclusive stuff over there as well. You can sign up for my email list, which is very infrequent, at lon.tv email. We've got the Facebook group, which is growing quite a bit, as usual. And we have my store where we sell previously used items that you can get at a pretty good price. These are things that we reviewed on the channel. And you can sign up for an email alert that's separate from my other email list every time we add something new to the store. And one other thing I'm experimenting with, thanks to Brian Parker, who's a big supporter of the channel, is we're setting up a Discord. So let me know if you're interested in signing up for that Discord, and we'll start talking about it maybe later on this week or early next week. That is going to do it for now. Until next time, this is Lon Seidman. Thanks for watching. This channel is brought to you by the Lon.TV supporters, including Gold Level supporters Chris Allegretta, Tom Albrecht, Mark Bollinger, Sergio Morales, Mark Dell, Jim Callagher, and Stephen Sue. If you want to help the channel, you can by contributing as little as a dollar a month. Head over to lon.tv support to learn more. And don't forget to subscribe. Visit lon.tv slash s.